Howdly doodly, my listeners. How are you all doing? Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. This is another fantastic episode of Hello, Mr. Burns, a research podcast where we dive deep in The Simpsons, learn a little bit about the show, and hopefully give you some information that'll help you win pub trivia. Don't you know anything? Today's episode that we're going to be examining is season two, episode seven, called Bart versus Thanksgiving. On this fun little episode, um, Bart enrages the entire family, runs away from home, sees what life is like on the uh, seedier side of the tracks, realizes how good life is for him and returns home. This episode is a goodie. Um, it's not really one that resonates too much, I guess, because there's not that many like iconic catchphrases, but it is like a little fun one to rewatch, especially as an adult, because you can relate to the uh, Thanksgiving Day drama a lot more when you're grown up. So I do apologize for any noise in the background because I am recording a little bit closer to the road. I'll try and reduce the sound. Um, yeah. Should we do it? Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. This is season two, episode seven, Bart versus Thanksgiving. Let's start with like a little episode synopsis. The episode begins on Thanksgiving Day. We have Grandpa, Mother Bouvier, Patty and Selma, and the rest of the Simpsons sitting around and enjoying each other's company. Just before the turkey is brought in, Lisa shows off a meticulously crafted cornucopia, which is like paying respects to women in history. (gasps) Lisa, my goodness, that's very impressive. Holy moly, that's the biggest one of those I ever saw. Mm, I only said she was gifted. Definitely from our side of the family, right, Mom? Leave me alone. When Bart brings in the turkey and begins to set it on the table, he starts complaining that Lisa's centerpiece is in the way. The two begin arguing and fighting, and all of a sudden, the centerpiece flies off the table and lands in the fireplace, where it quickly burns up. Lisa runs to her room in tears, and Bart is ordered to go to his room and not come out until he apologizes. When Bart continues to refuse to apologize, he makes a decision to run away. He grabs Santa's little helper and hits the streets. After a run-in with a pack of killer dogs at Mr. Burns' mansion, which is where we hear Mr. Burns say, Release the hound. For the very first time, Bart is looking for some way to make money or get some food because he's so hungry. He ends up seeing a sign to donate some blood for $12. Hey, you've got to be 18 to sell your blood. Let's see some ID. Here you go, dollface. Okay, Homer, just relax. Ow! After donating blood, he comes out and passes out on the street. He wakes up to a couple of homeless guys kind of slapping his face and saying, hey, let's go to the homeless shelter for Thanksgiving dinner. It turns out that at the same time, Kent Brockman is there doing a news report. Pompous blow-dried college boy! No, his girlfriend is the weather lady. You don't say. Kent ends up interviewing Bart, and uh, Bart is on TV saying that... Son, your family may be watching. Is there anything you'd like to say to them? Yes, there is, Kent. Ha ha, I didn't apologize. Oh no, my sweet little Bart. After leaving the homeless shelter, Bart has a moment where he realizes that, you know, he he should be thankful for everything he has. And he decides to give his $12 to the two homeless guys and trudge home. He has these wonderful visions of walking through the front door and everyone welcoming him and being really happy. But then that vision turns into like this nightmare where everyone starts blaming him for everything. Bart at home continues to sort out his feelings when he overhears Lisa crying and just sobbing from her room, conceding defeat. Eventually, Bart apologizes to Lisa. 
She accepts his apology and the family gets to enjoy Thanksgiving together. The end. All right, so some little quotables of notables in this episode are... That's no way to lay a fire. Where's your kindling? This thing's going to be roaring any time now. Even a caveman could start a fire. Don't. Love that. Oh, my God. Okay, also this, which is a really underrated moment. Can't I help him on? Well, okay. Let's see. Can you do the cranberry sauce? Yeah. Where is it? The can is in the cupboard on the bottom shelf. Here? No, 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 the other shelf. Oh, got it. Now what? Open the can. No problemo. Where's the can opener? It's in the second drawer from the right. No, 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 no. The other one. Oh, I got you. It's broken, Mom. Mom, it's broken. 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 I don't think that it's broken, honey. Here, let me try. Here you go. Just stick it in the refrigerator when you're done, Bart. Bart? I love this bit with Bart. It's such perfect, like, um, I think it's called weaponized incompetence. And I used to do the very same thing when it came to cooking dinner because I just, I, I just dislike dinner unless it's cooking like instant noodles or toast. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really there for it. It's not my jive. So I would purposefully make mistakes all the time. So then I would never, never be asked to make dinner ever again. Of course, after a while, I realized that if I don't cook dinner, then I'm probably going to starve to death or um, go broke trying to buy takeout. So yeah, I learned how to cook. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. How dare you come for me in this way? So with this episode, it is the first of only two Thanksgiving episodes that The Simpsons will ever do. Um, As I am not American, I don't really have the same emotions towards Thanksgiving. So everything I know about it is things that I've seen through TV or, um, of course, The Simpsons which I use as my point of reference for everything in this planet. Um, So about this episode, Paper Magazine noted that Thanksgiving is a more fundamentally passive-aggressive holiday than Christmas. And that's what they've perfectly uh, been able to show in this episode, because you've got this wonderful tension between Marge, Patty and Selma, and of course their aged parents. It's just such a, um, a quintessential family holiday. Oh my goodness. I love that the only thing really that um, Marge's mother contributes to the entire day are these kind of comments. At the risk of losing my voice, let me just say one more thing. I'm sorry I came. And also these wonderful moments, like with Homer trying to start the fire and Abe watching him. And then, you know, after uh, Lisa's cornucopia gets pushed into the fire, you have Abe saying that wonderful quote. Hey, that got her going. Bitchin'. I think if we take a step back and have a look at the characters and how they're displayed in this episode, this is where I think the characters are at their most purest form. This is kind of like um, what I would call foundational character development. You know, for example, like we see the most basic relationships between the family. So we have Bart and, he, you know, he's being cheeky and he's got like this weaponized incompetence being a little bit of a scallywag. And then you have Lisa being the very creative, very progressive, very self-aware character. You know, it's very black and white. We have Lisa helping Maggie and we have Bart being a pest towards Marge. I have to say, though, what really bothered me about this episode is Bart and Lisa fighting over space on the Thanksgiving table. Um, Parents should have stepped in. Like, I don't know. I know we know The Simpsons is bad parenting, but personally, if I got into a fight like that with my brother or my sister when I was little – we would have been like, it would not have escalated that quickly. Oh, no, no, no. We would have had time out in the corner. It wouldn't even have gotten to the point of arguing. You know, I feel like my parents can just anticipate that kind of thing and just whoop that out of us. 
Maybe it is because I'm older and crankier or maybe because I understand a more complex side of these characters, but watching Bart and Lisa argue really irritated me, I guess. Um, I have to say, though, it was a really beautiful apology at the end. I really liked the end of this episode and just their relationship and dynamic towards each other. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, Lisa. Apology accepted. Speaking of parental control, though, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of emphasis in this episode placed on Homer and Marge going too far in punishing Bart and saying that he ruined Thanksgiving. Homer, this is a terrible thing that's happened, but we can't blame ourselves. We can and will. I think that while it obviously was one of those things where we say things out of anger, we don't really mean them, um, you got to remember that Bart kind of threw his sister's centerpiece into the fire and had zero remorse for that. You know, so there's that. There's obviously some real behavioral issues there. But along with a really cheeky child, you've also got Marge and Homer trying to deal with their parents, um, with Marge's sisters, trying to make the feast a nice day. You know, it's like, it's like we're going to enjoy ourselves. Gun to the head. You know, it's going to be nice Thanksgiving. We're going to get along. So I think all of that combined kind of just like it's understandable why they were so stressed. So at the start of the episode, we see Homer watching the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, and during the parade, we see one of the helium balloons burst and it's a big chaotic thing. And it's kind of funny, um, not knowing anything about the Thanksgiving day parade or Macy's for that matter. I decided to look up the one thing that we can all agree on that is interesting. I decided to look up Thanksgiving day parade accidents. So what I thought was really interesting is that while this episode shows one of the balloons bursting and there being, um, drama during the parade, uh, up until 1993, there had been zero reported injuries at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. So the first accident was in 1993, where strong gusts of wind pushed Sonic the Hedgehog into a lamppost at Columbus Circle. The lamppost ended up tearing a hole in the balloon and um, the top of the post broke off inside of Sonic the Hedgehog, which kind of dragged it down. And that is reported to have injured a child and an off-duty police officer. Again in 1997, some really high winds pushed the cat in the hat balloon into another lamppost. Um, the falling debris stuck a parade goer, fracturing her skull and leaving her in a coma for a month. Isn't that insane? Um, balloon size regulations were implemented the next year, which was supposed to eliminate larger balloon accidents like with the cat in the hat. And the last recorded accident to have happened was in 2005, which was the M&M's balloon. So that collided with a streetlight in uh, Times Square, which I found was interesting. They didn't call it a lamppost. It's now a streetlight. Hmm. Reportedly, uh, parts of the light fell on these two sisters who suffered minor injuries. It is noted that after this accident, the M&M's balloon was officially retired. So as we saw in this episode, um, when Bart gets desperate for money and food, he ends up donating blood. Twelve bucks? Hey, I can bleed. It is, of course, like the funny part that he has Homer's ID and he's supposed to be over 18. So this got me curious. And as someone who's terrible at maths, um, this took me a very long time to figure out. And forgive me if I've got something wrong, but... So during a regular blood donation, you give about 470 mil of blood. Um, this is about 8% of the average adult's blood volume. 
And it said that the body replaces this volume within 24 to 48 hours. Interestingly as well, the body replenishes red blood cells in 10 to 12 weeks. So I've only given blood, um, how many times? I think I've only given blood two times. Um, and the first time I made the horrible mistake of asking for um, the anesthetics. So in case you didn't know, you can actually get anesthetic around the blood donation spot. And I was like, yeah, okay, we'll give it a red hot go, see what happens. And the nurse pulled out the biggest freaking needle I've ever seen in my life. And it hurt so much. Later, when I donated blood without the anesthetic, I realized that is so much less painful. So guys, don't get the anesthetic. Trust me. You don't want to get two needles when you can only get one. Um, And also not to a (laughs) humble brag, but the nurse said that I had the darkest blood she's ever seen in her life. Don't know what that means, but she, yeah, she was impressed. Yeah. Anyway, so back to blood donation. So the rules for blood donation, at least in Australia, are that you have to weigh at least 50 kilograms and you need to be above the age of 18, if not under, with parental consent. So according to Springfield Bound, Bart's weight is 85 pounds or 38 and a half kilograms. According to Healthline.com, the average 80 pound child will have about 2,650 ml of blood in their body. So that means that Bart had more or less 2,650 ml. If Bart had donated 470 ml of blood, as is tradition with grown-ups, that means that he donated 18% of his body's blood total. So that's about 10% more than what a grown-up should be doing. One of those gross scientific facts about the human body is that you can actually lose a lot of blood without anything happening to you. Um, The exact amount depends on your size, age, and general health, of course. So it's said that uh, when you lose around 15 to 30% of your blood, you only get mild side effects such as nausea or like a headache and that kind of thing. When blood loss nears around like 30 to 40%, um, your body has a traumatic reaction. So your blood pressure drops even further, your heart rate increases. Um, Without treatment, your body loses its ability to pump blood and maintain oxygen Around 50% is where we get into real trouble. This is when your heart is likely to stop pumping and all your organs shut down and you'll likely be in a coma. This is because uh, your body can compensate for a good deal of blood loss. However, uh, because of how the body's designed, once you start running out of blood, it shuts down unnecessary components in order to protect your heart. So the official word for uh, death caused by loss of blood is exsanguination. If you're a Harry Potter fan, you might recognize that word because there was a uh, a vampire at the Slug Club Christmas party called Sanguini. And on that note, we come to the end of another fantastic episode. Again, I am very sorry if you can hear the traffic in the background. Don't try and listen closely for it because you'll go crazy as I did in post edits, trying to remove the sound of traffic. So the next episode we've got up next is probably one of the better known episodes by people who are unfamiliar with like most of the Simpsons. It's kind of like, um, it's canon really. So it's very exciting. So for this one, it's like, it's a real fun one. I feel like I've seen it so many times I could recite it to you now, but I won't bore you with that. I'll recite it to you next week. So the next stop on the chopping block is season two, episode eight, Bart the Daredevil. Um, So this has been a fun little episode, guys. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week with Bart the Daredevil. And with that. And so concludes our tale. Good night and keep watching the skis. 
Uh, skies.